0: Welcome back to Secrets of the Sale. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we will be discussing the acronym for ABCs of real estate and doing more with less. Now, you may have heard the terminology before ABC, especially if you're a realtor, which stands for always be closing. Well, today I am talking to buyers. I will be utilizing this acronym to highlight the basics on how to prepare yourself to become mortgage ready. And the real term is a ready, willing, and able buyer. This podcast is geared towards prospective home buyers seeking more information on how to start their journey. This one's for you. Now, have you leisurely surfed the home websites Zillow, Trulia, MLS, Redfin, and you see a home that really caught your eye? The aesthetics are beautiful, HGTV quality, and the price looks reasonable. You can afford it. The neighborhood is somewhere you have always envisioned yourself living in. You pick up that phone confidently to call the realtor to see if the house is available. The realtor confirms, well, yes, the house is available and it's also new to the market. She can show you the house on one condition. She wants to know if you have a pre-approval letter from the bank. Now remember, I just said pre-approval, not pre-qualification. Well what's the difference? I'm glad you asked. A pre-qualification letter is a, a letter that a bank gives you stating you qualify for a mortgage of a certain dollar amount based on the information you verbally gave the loan officer. For example, you call the bank and you say you would like to apply for a loan. The loan officer say, "Ask you, okay, well, what is your income? How long have you worked at your place of employment? How is your credit? How much money do you have saved to purchase? Based on this information, they will generate a letter saying you qualify for a mortgage of two, three, four, even $500,000. They did not verify or check the accuracy of your statement yet. However, a pre-approval is a completed application and a review of your pay stubs, your bank statements, your W-2s, your credit, your tax returns. And this process allows the lender lender to give you a letter saying... Okay, I am prepared to lend you X amount of dollars because I already reviewed your documentation and based on what I reviewed, you qualify for this dollar amount of mortgage. Now, I reviewed this with you. But remember, you have to be a ready, willing, and able buyer in order to schedule that appointment to see that property because chances are, if you call a realtor, especially... An experienced realtor they're not going to just allow you to come and see this property without being pre-approved you know you could be a random person just walking off the street or just trying to compare the houses to HGTV or just someone who has nothing to do over the weekend so get your pre-approval now a, a sorry A and ABC stands for affordability how much are you able to afford is based primarily on your income and and assets. Your income, whether it's your income alone or combined with a second job or another individual a, you know, a co-borrower, your family or a friend or rental income generated from a multifamily property determines how much house you can afford. When you apply for a mortgage you may qualify for a mortgage that is greater than what you believe you can afford but work very closely with your lender and have them review scenarios with you as to what your monthly mortgage payments would be. When everything is said and done, you want to ensure that your payments are comfortable at your comfort level prior to even searching for your house or prior to to even submitting offers. You want to make sure you can really afford this mortgage. Some people literally enter into contract and reach the end. They reach near closing when they receive their truth and lending statements where all their fees are documented which you receive a week or two prior to closing and they look at those numbers and they're not comfortable. The closing costs, the monthly payments are out of their reach, they feel. At that point, you are, you are already in contract and you're unable to walk away from this deal unless you're willing to risk your down payment that you already have in escrow because you're already in contract. Affordability is what got many people in trouble during the mortgage crisis in the early 2000s. Buyers were being approved for mortgages. They had no business being approved for. They weren't qualified. Lenders had no business lending to these buyers because these were exotic mortgages and they were set up for failure to begin with. However, there are nonprofit entities available to assist you with free counseling to assist in analyzing how mortgage ready you are. These nonprofit entities will check your credit, They'll review your pay stubs, your bank statements, and they'll explain the mortgage process in detail. They offer free workshops, they even offer grants, 5, 10, even20,000 dollars towards the purchase or towards your closing costs. B stands for a bank. Now unless you're buying a house all cash, you need a bank to lend you money. The bank is in business not to lend money for free. They charge interest. And closing fees when lending you money for a mortgage there are big commercial banks like Chase Wells Fargo Citibank and Capital One however you also have private direct mortgage lenders these lenders sometimes offer more favorable interest rates terms and usually can close much quicker than uh, the larger banks because they're trying to compete for the business and they have less bureaucracies when choosing a bank, the best way is to have the, the best way to have the banks compete for your business is to have great what? Okay, yeah, this seg, this segues into the next letter. C. Great credit. Credit is the first focus you should emphasize on before doing anything. Check your scores from all three credit major uh all three major credit bureaus: Transunion, Equifax, and Experian. Each score will vary from each bureau. When you're applying for, let's say, an FHA mortgage, FHA stands for Federal Housing Administration, which is a government entity. These mortgages are backed and insured by the government and catered to first-time homebuyers by by allowing them to put as little as 3.5% down as a down payment as opposed to 10% or 20%, which most first-time homebuyers do not have. In order to qualify for an FHA product, your median credit score needs to be at least a 640, 640. Remember, earlier I mentioned you have three credit scores. The median score would be the middle. For example, you have TransUnion can be 656, Equifax can be 645, and Experian can be 642. As long as all three scores are above 640, the focus will be on your Experian score, which is the 642. That is the median of the 656 and 645. Interest rates are driven by credit scores. The more favorable your credit, the more favorable your interest will be. The lower your interest, the lower your monthly mortgage payments would be. Interest is the money you're paying back to the bank for lending you money. So remember, you want to pay as little as interest back as possible. In order to do that, you need to make sure your credit is as high as possible. Now I'm going to talk a little bit about doing more with less. A lot of prospective buyers come to me asking me, do I think their mortgage ready or they don't think they're ready to purchase because they make, they make a little bit of money or they don't have a co borrower or they, they run different scenarios by me. So I'm going to talk a little bit about doing more with less. With the rapidly increase in prices throughout the boroughs in New York City, it makes economic sense to purchase rather than rent. Two bedrooms are renting for between $1,800 to $2,000. Three bedrooms are renting for $2,200 and up. And mortgage payments can be as little as $2,200 depending on how much you put down and what you are purchasing. Many people are scratching their heads trying to figure out how will they save enough money for a down payment and closing costs. Now let's go over some scenarios. If you're buying a one family house for $450,000 you need fifteen thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars that's three point five percent down payment minimum the closing costs you could actually roll that into your mortgage and it's going to be included in your overall mortgage balance and you will pay it over the course of your mortgage payments now how are you going to come up with fifteen thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars you can either a borrow the money from your 401k or your 403b or when you when you purchase a home not or but rather when you purchase a home a first-time home you qualify for a tax exemption which means which means that you do not have to pay prepayment penalties for withdrawing the money from your pension plan to purchase your first home this is considered a qualifying event talk to your accountant Uh, about this this process B you can save This rule is not as complicated as you may think, but it should really just be called sacrifice Of course results will vary depending on your income your expenses and your spending habits. Let me emphasize spending habits many people don't realize how much they can really afford until they focus on their needs versus their wants for example If you have a $40,000 a year salary, your take-home pay after taxes can be approximately $1,100, depending on how much deductions and exemptions you have. For example, medical, 401k deductions, etc. The most common things that people misuse their income on are frivolous, eating out, excessive shopping, habitual occurrences that can be avoided, the daily $5 lattes from Starbucks, the daily $10 cigarette packs, $100 weekly happy hour visits to the lounge or club minimum, and that $15, $5 breakfast, $10 lunch, $15 daily eating out expense. For example, $15 times 30 days is $450 a month. You times that by 12, you have a quarter of a down payment saved in one year. That's a total of $5,400. Your two thousand two hundred dollar monthly net income may not be sufficient to purchase a one-family house alone. However, if you can get a co-borrower with the same income or higher, whether it be a parent, a relative, a sibling, or possibly even a longtime friend, with the mission in mind that you have an agreement with goals and objectives answered prior to entering and prior to buying that property. You can even create a separate contract, a separate agreement with the answers that I'm going to give you questions to below. Now the questions that you can answer, ask yourselves are 1. How long do you plan on keeping this house? 2. Who will be occupying the house? 3. In the event of disagreements, how do you dissolve this partnership? Do you refinance and you let one party keep the house and the other take their equitable share and leave? Or do you sell and divide the proceeds amongst each other? These questions should be thoroughly thought out together and better yet, creating the separate contract prior to purchasing the house with these details, it should be drafted and signed so that should there be any major disagreements, this contract will supersede any verbal agreements. During disagreements, when emotions are heightened, it's best to resort to this contract, which was created and thought out before the disagreement because people have selective memory when arguments arise. Remember, money changes people. Now, there have been many instances where many as, as many as four, five, even six people combined collectively put their incomes together to purchase a property. Let's say, if five individuals make $15,000 each, that's $75,000 a year. Depending on the assets, the income, and the credit combined, you will most likely afford a $350,000 house. Now where will you you find a $350,000 house in New York City? Chances are, you won't. However, are there other parts of New York where you can afford? Yeah. You can afford a $350,000 house in Long Island, upstate New York, even the neighboring states, New Jersey and Pennsylvania. These are all cities that are still accessible to the city if you need to be in the city, if you work in the city. You may not want to relocate outside of the city or boroughs you grew up in or you're comfortable with. Understandably so. But if you are being priced out of a neighborhood and you're unable to afford where you currently live and you don't own it, it's time to purchase your own and start building the equity and doing it today check out my episode sweat equity now you're going to start small if you want to purchase a loan, you don't have to automatically jump up and purchase a house you can start with a co-op co-ops are a great start of ownership co-ops are significantly lower than a condo and a house you can still purchase a one bedroom co-op for low to mid 100s in some neighborhoods Of New York City when you purchase a co-op you will not receive a deed like when you purchase a condo or house but you will receive certificate of shares your investment is in the corporation and you need to ensure the corporation you plan on investing in is viable by reviewing the financials and the bylaws in your due diligence process this will allow you to determine whether it's a good fit for you now you also need to seek and research for down payment and closing cost assistance these are available to first-time homebuyers there are many reputable nonprofit organizations ready willing and able to provide non repayable grants once you qualify by falling within the parameters of their guidelines these grants are offered by the government and lending institutions and even city agencies Some individuals, as I mentioned earlier, can qualify for up to $20,000. Now, that's a great start, especially if you're a municipal employee, your teacher, police officer, correction officer, firefighter, sanitation worker, etc. Now, thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned to check out and check out our next episodes. If you're ready to sell or if you're ready to go from renter to owner and you're not sure where to start, email me jmorerealty at gmail.com. I love to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you soon. Take care.